0: each of us, there may be something that will just shine out and just, Father, there'll be something that will speak to us. And we ask that in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen. 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 Why don't we give a hand to our incredible worship team. They do a brilliant job. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. How are you? Welcome tonight. Great. Another wonderful day. A bit hot today, wasn't it? Certainly nicer in here. That's brilliant. Well, Hey, I just wanted tonight, we just wanted to continue our, a series that I'm doing on um, uh, navigating our sexuality today. And um, I just believe it's an incredibly important topic. In actual fact, I think it's so important. I think everyone in Gladstone should hear it because the reality is we live in a world that is changing. And we live in a world that if there's one thing, unfortunately, that we see people are really crushed by and destroyed by is the whole area of their sexual intimacy and the ability to navigate that in life. And uh, we live in a world where people are struggling to do that. And it's also sometimes just kind of all hush-hush hidden, you know, we never talk about it. But you know, the Bible talks about it a real lot. Did you know that? A real lot. And uh, you can say amen anytime you want to. Is that okay? Uh, and uh, so we're going to talk about it tonight. But just to kick things off, I just want to show you a video. That I believe is pretty applicable to society today. So just look at the screens for a moment. Did you catch that? It was pretty quick, wasn't it? Um, As we look at that video, I hope it reminds us the reality of what we see in social media, television, movies, um, and any printed media sometimes is not necessarily the truth in what you're looking at. Is that understandable? Uh, And sometimes the pressure of that to conform to a certain image or to conform to a certain likeness or to have a certain style about you is incredibly immense upon hearts and lives of people, to conform to that, a certain weight, a certain size, a certain everything. Who knows, the reality is, is that your beauty doesn't really come uh, from the outside so much as the inside. Is that right? Mm. Okay, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I preach at the level of of response sometimes. (laughs) But we, you know, come on. Um, the reality is is that the pressure of the world that we live in continually seeks uh, and unfortunately distorts what is the truth about um, our lives, our physical being, and about our sexuality. It completely distorts that. Um, and we have the pressure, 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 pressure. It seems to be that there's more movies, there's more social media, there's more internet uh, websites for this type of stuff being pushed all the time. More news. Um, and, 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 and look, I'm not telling you probably anything that you don't know. I'm just asking you, the question we want to ask is, Where we've gone so far from the, the, the reality and the truth, let's bring it back to what is truth tonight about our sexuality and intimacy. Let's bring it back to the truth and let it, let's set it back on the foundations that it was always established on and what God established it for. So we're going to talk a little bit in, in, in relation to the origin of, this, of sexuality and sex tonight. Um, the truth is we know that the truth about anything can help us make right decisions when we know the truth of the matter. Um, If you haven't got the truth about something, it's hard to make decisions. But when you have the truth, and I believe that we have the truth available to us, we can make good decisions about our lives, about sexuality, about everything that we do. And particularly in this area of sex... I want us to make it our servant and not our master. Because I see too many people uh, have made it their master and are driven by it. Driven by image, driven by sexuality. And unfortunately, it was always meant to be a a wonderful servant, but it's a very poor master over our lives. Um, I I just had a uh, PowerPoint here. And uh, it just talks about, that's a sign that you'll never see in Australia. I don't know where it is, <laughs> somewhere in the world. Um, speed limit, no. It's basically saying no speed limit. Who knows that you'll never see that in Australia, because speed? Well, they'll always have speed limits in this nation. And, and the, the important factor about this whole matter is, is that we all have speed limits on our roads, because they provide an element of safety, they provide an element of enjoyment for you to get from A to B. And, uh, of course, they provide um, they, they provide a boundary that helps you uh, to get there safely. Um, no limits, no speed limits. They had that in some places in the world. Um, but you, if there was no limits on our speeds, if there's no limit on the road at the front here to the, of our um, property, just imagine the catastrophe and the, and the destruction that would create. Uh, and yet we see that while our nation seems to be quite good in making sure that we don't speed, who's received a speeding ticket lately? Who's willing to confess that? Thanks, Lisa-Jane, give me dobbing your husband in. Joel, did you receive a... Sp- oh, there you go. Well while- Nick as well. Great. Anybody else want to confess? Uh, Petra, far out. We might just have an altar call right now. We'll just sort it out. You got one as well. Ah, oh, don't say another word. I understand. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Blame the wife. Um, reality is, is that when the government have done a, shh, shh, the government have done a great job. And confining our speed, and we all agree with that generally. We want the boundaries of speed, we want to be able to drive safely, and yet our government, unfortunately, and let's not just blame our government but society in general, hasn't done a very good job of keeping our sexuality within the principles and boundaries of what God has placed for us so that we can have healthy sexuality, healthy lives, and enjoy life. Because let's remember, God invented sex, it wasn't the world. And it was, it was invented for our good pleasure and wonderful opportunity to enjoy life. And yet we see the world has taken it and just mystified it, screwed it up, destroyed it in so many ways. Would you agree? And so there seems to be a no limits. It seems to be uh, almost whatever goes when it comes in relation to um, sexual intimacy. So a question I want to ask tonight is, so where does sex come from now ultimately the big answer to that and the 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 bottom answer is that yeah god invented it but let's just let's just take a moment to just consider and the realities and let's just not go oh yeah god created that's good enough but let's have a reason for understanding it because who knows as a grandparent as a parent as a single person as a single again person tonight um, it'd be good to have a foundation you know if you've got a foundation that's set and that's strong then you have a purpose for why you do it is that true? if you have a reason you'll be engaged in following through in that purpose if you have a reason and a purpose and that's what we want to create a solid foundation if we listen to the official line, as I said, of our social media, of where sex comes from in movies and, and ev- even the classroom, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, generally, where they say that it comes from, they say, well, we really haven't got an answer for that question. It was um, Generally, what they say is that it was just an accident. It just kind of evolved. It was a, a process of evolution, I suppose. Uh, if, you, if people believe in that process of evolution, um, it, there's no real answer for it. It was just created. It just unfolded. It's a bit of a mystery, really. We don't really know where sex came from. And when you teach that about sex and get people believing that about their sexuality, we have a society totally devoid of any background material. And thus, we see that uh, people have to make it up as they go along. They just make it up as they go along. And that's the world, what's happening right now. Right now, uh, in the last six months, our nation has made it up as they've gone along. And one of the things they've been making up for quite a while, and now we've put it into legislation. Do you know putting something in the law does not make it a principle that we need to live by still? (laughs) Same-sex marriage is just something that really, as as a nation, and not only this nation, but as a world, we've just kind of thought, "Oh, how are we going to accommodate people who want to be involved male and male and female and female? Oh, well, let's just have... Same-sex marriage. And, and when it's pushed hard enough and when the minority voice gets loud enough, eventually governments bow to it and we make up a law and we say that's now in, you know, in, in law. And really it was never in God's laws, never in God's principle. So you can see where our nation... Isn't that, isn't that tragic? We just make it up as we go along. Who knows what next will be? Do you know that in some places in Europe they've actually now gone a little step further and now bestiality is um, something that they're pushing for, for common law? Because there's people who love their animals so much, we've got to accommodate them. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just a make And, you know, it was never, it was never meant to be in, intended that way. What you teach about sex affects Our our lives and our society, and when the trouble is when we have millions of people doing that and just saying it's okay, it's just okay. People get incredibly hurt and emotionally scarred in the process. Um, I had another, uh, just another slide here, and um, it's just uh, probably some of you have seen this little fella. This little fella gets put on a lot of pictures on the internet on Facebook. What a what a face. But uh, he's saying, hey, mom, I'll do what I want. Love whatever that name is. Eleonora, you know. Um, I'm just glad when I was growing up that my parents just didn't say, oh, just do what you like. Just do what you like. It's okay. Just do what you like. I'm glad they put some boundaries and some principles in place. Uh, I just want to play on the road, mom. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it just... It it, it, I'm just glad that they put some boundaries in place. I'm just glad that they taught me the things like great, the, um, um, uh, delayed gratification and didn't give me everything I wanted and just didn't. But they put some boundaries in, in place in my life. And so in this world, Uh, We see that there seems to be sometimes no boundaries in place. And people have forgotten that boundaries don't hold people in and stop them from having fun. It actually gives them a purpose. It gives them a foundation to live on. And it gives them a joy and a peace when we have boundaries in place and principles in place to live life. It actually makes life a lot more fun. And taking the boundaries away does not make life any better. It actually makes it worse. So... um, uh, so we see that the world says sex is just, there's just no rhyme or there's no reason. But the Bible doesn't tell us that at all. Uh, the Bible says God created the heavens and earth and the world, and in the world, He also created us. He made a decision to bring the material world into being, and we're a part of that material world. We're, we're we're literally actually at the pinnacle of that because he created male and female, and I suppose God is like an artist sometimes, and he put us all together and he created. He's incredibly creative in what he'd done. Isn't it interesting? If, if there was um, if uh, you know, the truth is he created male and he created female. He didn't create all males and he didn't create all females. Ever thought about that? Have you ever kind of got past the, oh, you know, it just happened, and why he created male and female? Um, And we'll explore that. God created us uh, in a way that created order and purpose for us. Um, He didn't create a mess. He created created it with purpose, and he created it out of an intelligent design. He had a design and a purpose for us and uh, I'm just glad that his design and purpose uh, was for us to have purpose and uh, you know intelligent design you know you think of the, the trees the fruit. You think of all the things he created—the birds and the air, and the sun and the moon and the skies and the water. What an incredible thing! God just spoke it, in it with his word, and it, it became to being. And then he created us. Who, he created us as intelligent beings, and we can invent incredible things like watches and computers and do amazing things. Isn't it amazing the technology that God creates in humanity at the moment? I'm just amazed. You know, I watched the opening of the uh, of the um, Winter Games the other night. Who saw that? anybody no no one okay um so a couple of us and did you see they had something like a um 1200 drones in the sky that were all technically somehow worked out to produce the rings of the olympic movement did you see that amazing how did they do that jeff huh program and then they got them all to act like they were a snowboard skier amazing technology God has created people and people are so creative like they're God. But it shouldn't surprise us that we can do amazing things because God is incredibly creative. He actually created us. And the wonderful thing is, we look at this ability that He would, he, he, he has the best way and the best guidelines and the best principles for us to function well. And He's not a killjoy, He's a God of joy that wants us to have peace and joy as well. And so He doesn't put us in boundaries and guidelines to take away the fun, He actually puts us in those places to have more fun. And in, in relation to sexuality, mate, there's more fun within the boundaries and guidelines of sex than there is outside of it. I've never seen a person, I never met a guy when I used to work at the power station after his sexual conquests every weekend, come to me and say, oh, you know, he used to say, oh, well, I had a ripper of a weekend this weekend. I said, oh, what happened? He says, oh, uh, you know, this girl and this girl and this girl. I said, really? He says, yeah, I've got to work out the sexually transmitted disease problem. But, you know, otherwise I had a ton of fun. I say, you know what? I've only got one girl. Who's called my wife and I really don't need to worry about what you've got, STDs. He says, yeah, yeah, but I have a ton of fun. You don't have any fun just with one wife. I say, yes, I do. It's fine. Do you know what I'm saying? The world thinks it's fun and it's actually restrictive and destructive. <clears throat> There's a wonderful part of God that we need to understand in the Bible that he put into place. And he, the, the, the sexuality that we experience on this earth is a wonderful part of what God, in a sense, not exactly, had already created and, and, and uh, had in heaven. Because there's this wonderful thing called the Trinity. Ever heard of that word? It, you have. And it's called three in one. Okay. Uh, it was God's creation. And out of uh, the three in one, out of the Trinity, where there was three different personalities, three personal beings, um, but one substance. Okay, and you think, what has the Trinity got to do with sexuality? Well, a whole lot, a whole lot. Um, because if you think about it, God enjoyed the relationship he had with the, fathers, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They enjoyed such intimate relationship. Not sexually like we have, because to be honest, the most important part of relationships that we have is often uh, the communication, the care for one another, the support of one another. You know, the, sexu- the sexual side of it is really just the cream on the cake, so to speak. But God had this wonderful relationship in heaven with the Father, the, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And out of that, oneness that they had out of that commitment to each other, um they 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 put into the humanity the desire to also enjoy relationships with one another. It was God created God had it, invented it, and he created it and he put it in us because we are made in his own image. And so the wonderful thing about it is is you know that our Christian faith is birthed out of a God, three persons, but one substance the Holy Spirit the Father and the Son. Some belief systems, like the Muslim belief system, just believe that it's one God and one substance. And if we served and worshipped a God like that, if God, God would be totally happy with just being by himself. And if we were created in the image of that type of God, we would be totally happy to be just by ourselves all the time. You could send us away on a desert island for six months, and never talk to anybody, and we'd come back even with more joy and more excitement in life. But when we find that, that's not the truth of the matter, is it? You send people away and isolate them for six months, put them in solitary confinement for six months, and people have incredibly emotional, um, unhealthy lives because of isolation. So you think about it. We all have to communicate at some time. We all enjoy a chat sometime, whatever level that may be at. It's because God created us that way. Can you grasp that tonight? He created us that way. And we serve a God uh, um, that is three in one, not just one, not just one. Um, three separate individuals. I love this picture I found. I just thought it was, um, it was very uh, applicable tonight. Three in one. You ever opened up a peanut and found three? In the, you often find two, one, but three. That's a bit of a rarity. But the reality is, that's exactly what God's like in a sense. Three personalities, one substance, and out of that intimacy, out of that, see the Word of God um, says, uh, right uh, in John chapter seventeen, uh, Jesus prayed this prayer, and he said that all of them. Listen to this, John seventeen twenty one, all of them, Father, he was praying to his heavenly Father, and Jesus says, Father, I want all of them that they may be one. Okay, that they may be. Now he's talking about the. The church of the living God, the body of Christ. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. There we go. The relationship between God the Father and God the Son. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus uses um, interesting terminology. Just as you and I are one, Father. May they know that oneness as well. Interesting, isn't it? What God wants to put together and how he puts sex together. The interesting thing is he uses other scriptures like Genesis 2, chapter 2, verse 24. A verse that says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and is united to his wife, and they shall become what? Do you know? One flesh. One flesh. So one flesh is talking about sexual union. That's exactly what it's meaning. And for a brief moment, a husband and wife are together, their bodies become one. It's a sexual union. It's a something that that out of God's oneness, now God, there is no Mrs. God. Let's get that straight. You understand that. But the reality is, is out of their oneness, out of their in heaven, God's consideration for the Father and the Father and the, sorry, for the Son and the Son for the Father and the Holy Spirit and their promoting of each other their oneness their support of each other their amazing relationship he put that within us and the possibility is all of us can have relationship with each other and then we can go to another level and find that one special person and have a relationship where you get married and then of course there is the opportunity for our sexual relationship to develop so isn't it amazing out of God comes this what he puts in us God in his joy gave us Many joys in our relationships as well. Um, uh, God has never been a lonely God. He's always been connected in relationship. And uh, you know, we have to and you can say, well, is the Trinity that important?" Well, folks, it's very important for that, if there's no other reason for that reason that God created us in the image of needing relationship, and out of that comes our uh, sexual intimacy. We can know where sex came from. It came from God out of his oneness. He gave it to us. Um, He invented it. He invented it out of his own experience and his own intimacy. Not it was a sexual relationship he had, but it was a oneness relationship he had with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. And we see uh, uh, that God lives in a spiritual uh, world, in a sense. And uh, then God created a physical world and we live in this physical world. And there's many times uh, that out of the sp- he wants us to understand the spiritual world by the things he puts into this physical world. And uh, I could hope, you- hope you can just see past all the distorted views of sexuality and see the pureness and the holiness and the specialness of how God really created sexuality. Uh, that you can see past all what the world pushes on you and forces on you, and you can see the pureness of it and the joy of it. It's become so distorted that even sometimes people don't want to talk about it. You know why? It's because it's become a distorted view in the eyes of many. And folks, it is so pure, so holy, so right. And when it's in the the guidelines and principles of what God's put down in the context of marriage and in the context of a, a Caring and loving uh, relationship between husband and wife, it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. I'm glad, aren't you, about that? God uses sex as a communication tool to teach us about spiritual things. Did you know that? All the time. There's a verse in the Bible, in uh, 1 John 3.9. John wrote about it and he said this. I'll just put it up there. He says we are born of God's seed. I won't do the last little bit. We are born in 1 John 3:9. It says we are born of God's seed. Isn't it interesting that the Greek word for the word seed here is the word sperma, sperma? Okay, uh, we have an English word called sperm, but in the Greek, it's this this word seed. You can't translate it to anything else. You can't manipulate it. That's what, the, that's what it literally means, sperma. And the interesting thing, God in creation, creating a human being, when he created you and me, we're all created the same way. He created us. He took 50% of the male DNA and 50% of the female DNA, and he put it in each of the male, their male and female sex cells, and he called it sperm in the ova. And then when they collided, bang, you got you and me. And if you think about it, you won. You won the race. There was literally thousands of sperms, but you won. You were created, and that was the wonderful thing about it. God says here, he's talking about the same thing. He says, when you're born again, when you came to God, things go bang. Something changes for eternity if you truly come and give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Something changes for eternity. Uh, It touches your life. And um, there's things that you don't want to do anymore because something has honestly touched your life. And said, you know, I always remember when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ and received him as my Lord. um, I had to stop swearing. To be honest, I didn't swear a lot anyway. But the few times I did, I just realized it was wrong. Where did that come from? It came from God's seed that had been planted in my heart that said, hey, that's no longer needed in my life. Something changed. Something changed. And you know, folks, as we, um, you know, as we uh, realize that just as a child is created in that instant, in the wonderful union of husband and wife, uh, it's a sexual terminology that it uses for a born-again experience of being born again. You must be born again. You're born of the seed of God, John wrote down in his, in his little book, in 1 John, you're born of the sea, born of the sperma. So sex has its very origin in the character of God. More than that, it comes out of his creative uh, genius. It comes out of God's incredible genius. Sex is holy. It's not to be embarrassed about. It's not, it's not, it's fantastic. It's pure. It's not unpleasant. It's not dirty, but it's pure and it's whole. Sometimes we haven't associated those words with sexuality, because so much we see the the raunchy side, or whatever side it may be, or the improper side, or the um, disrespectful side, or the um, the way that it's abused. I mean, there's been so much in the media, um, you know, uh, people uh, claiming to be sexually harassed, you know, and. And, the, and you know, I suppose that's a kickback to what society is continually pushing out. You know, you can, men, well, you can just do what you like. You can just say what you like t- towards women. Well, you know, we can't. And all of a sudden we have this kickback now and people are being convicted for sexual abuse and sexual, uh, you know, things that aren't right, doing the wrong thing. But we see sexuality was always treated so correctly, so it was always a holy thing in God's eyes. Unfortunately, people treated um, anything but holy. Uh, God shows us how to treat holy things. You know, um, God built a temple for the children of Israel, and uh, and in that temple. Uh, there was the outer court where the sacrifices were made, and the priests would come and the forgiveness of sins. And then there was an inner court, and then there was a place called the Holy of Holies, where a priest would only go once a year behind the curtain. It's where the Ark of the Covenant was. It was where the um, uh, you know the um, cher- the angels and the top of that and the cherubs and it was a holy place. That's where it was special place and it was made for a special purpose and the priest would go behind there and meet with God and God would speak and the priest would come out again only once a year and you know the reality is is that sex is special it's not that it's just a once a year thing but what i'm saying is special and we shouldn't treat it as ordinary we shouldn't treat it as the world treats it it's a throwaway thing sometimes sometimes people because they have no understanding or rhyme or reason sometimes they see sex as just like any other activity they're involved in sometimes well sex is just like shaking hands (laughs) you can shake hands with anybody yeah you can it's just like you know giving someone a hug you can hug anybody yeah you can but sex is not it's not like that you just can't have sex with everybody that's not it's special isn't it it's different to any other activity And the Bible clearly says that the the marriage bed is undefiled. In other words, it's a special place. It's a special place and a special thing reserved for the right time and the right time in our lives. But it is a God thing and uh, a wonderful thing. So we see that the origin of it started with God. And, you know, he he wants to bring it back to the proper place that it was always intended for. Um, He doesn't want... He doesn't want the world to crowd you in. I, I encourage you sometimes just turn the telly off. <laughs> Would you agree? Don't engage in some of the things you see. Turn the computer off. Just turn the Facebook off. I just say no. You know, just say I don't need that in my life because it continually distorts the view of what God always wanted us to see as pure and holy and right. Would you agree tonight? Would you agree? Can we stand tonight? You must be intently listening tonight. Thank you. Brilliant. Can I just tonight just pray for you? Can I just pray as we stand here together? um, As a people that uh, my prayer would just be that you know that you'd see clearly, that you'd understand. And that's something that we'd continue to maybe be able to teach and train and encourage our children, our grandchildren, to speak life to them, to bring the truth out. Um, and that would be my prayer in my heart so that we can live well, have healthy relationships. So Father, tonight, I just want to thank you for every person here. I just want to thank you, Father, for your incredible plan and purpose. Father, we just want to reclaim ground tonight. Take it back off what the enemy has just tried to destroy in this society. And at least for us who are here tonight, I pray that we'll be forever understanding of the place that our sexuality has and the right place that has in the boundaries and guidelines of your word and your truth. Uh, Father, help us to be a people that would not shrink back from this subject, or, but Father, would be someone who would engage in it and share in even your goodness and your love through it. We thank you, Lord, that you created the foundations of it for us to win, so we could enjoy our sexuality. We thank you that it's pure and it's a holy thing and not to be destroyed or wasted. And Father, we would pray, Father, for our nation, that we'd be the nation, even though we're just at the moment going through times where we're just engaging in stuff that is just far from your best for us as a nation. We pray that our nation would come back to the truths and the realities. And that, Father, we'd be a nation that would turn from those things that are destroying us and turn to the truth of what you have for us. So, Father, especially in the areas of our sexuality. And so tonight we commit ourselves to you. Amen.